Hello, everybody. I'm back with a new divisional series. I'm going to go through each division and talk about one player to watch from each team moving into next season. And we're starting off tonight with the Pacific Division. Oh, my God. Let's get into this. You know what time it is. It's business time. We got to get the biz. You're listening to Fantasy NHL Today. What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me. Really appreciate that. This is Fantasy NHL Today, and I am your host, Blake Creamer. Please follow me on Twitter, at Blake Creamer SE. And this is the Sports Ethos presentation, so get your biscuits over to sportsethos.com for all your fantasy needs. They got all kinds of stuff just popping the hell off. It's getting nuts over there. My God. Also, we have a Discord here at Fantasy NHL Today. The link is in the description. It's a little slow right now. I am going to admit that. All right. It's off season. People are, you know, they don't care about fantasy hockey in the off season the way I do. All right. And that's why you're listening to me because I can't stop. All right. I'll never quit you fantasy hockey. I love you very much. I'm addicted and uh, it's a problem. All right. But uh, that's that. And this is this. This is something new I'm going to be doing here. Um, I'm going to go through all four divisions, and I want to just, uh, you know, moving into next season, I, I, I kind of just want to get my thoughts out, honestly. But, uh, yeah, moving into next season, I just want to look at one player from each team that I think I'm going to be watching next, you know, moving into next season here. Some, something interesting, right? Like, what, what are they going to do? You know, I don't know. Well, and I'll kind of extrapolate some certain things. I'll make some hot takes probably. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> pretty much everything at this point of the season is a hot take. All right. A scalding take. I've done it before and I will hot take again. All right. I do that. But, uh, yeah. Um, also I do want to take this opportunity just to head on over to apples and Geno's as well. I've got some, uh, I do a, a podcast with Nate Grutniblik every Sunday night. I don't really promote it too much on this because it is two separate things, but I feel like I got it because it's such a good show and Nate is such a beauty. So also uh, definitely once you're finished listening here, head on over to Apples and Geno's and listen to the podcast there. They got some really good stuff cooking over there. So I'll be doing both of those next season. Okay. But you know why we're here. We got to get into it here. We're talking about the Pacific Division. So uh, this this might, I, I don't know how long this one is going to be. I'm going to talk about these players. I got eight players here for you. And uh, let's just get going on it. Um, first one I'm going to talk about uh, from the Vegas Golden Knights. I want to talk about Jonathan Marcheseau. Johnson. Yes, sir. Yeah. This guy, yeah, this guy is popping off in the playoffs right now. Um, I love that. Um, so obviously, you know, Marcheseau has been has been pretty special this last round here um, against Dallas. And you know, once he once he got moved to power play one and line one with Eichel, he started popping off, right? And uh, I've mentioned Jonathan Marcheseau before. To me, he's always kind of bubbling under the surface. You know, everything's good under the hood, but he, he's never really gotten that opportunity to really pop off. And we wanted to see it happen this year with Vegas, and it it just didn't happen, really. Um, you know, uh, we've talked about this before, Phil Kessel getting on the line with uh, Jack Eichel and sort of just the way they deploy their lines in Vegas as well. It's kind of, you know, a four-line team or at least a three-line team they're rolling through. 
So it is nice to see Marcheseau on the top line with Jack Eichel, and he's doing really well. All right, so let's look at uh, Jonathan Marcheseau. Even just playoffs aside here, let's look at what he's doing. So um, last season with Vegas, um, and I'm talking about 21-22 here, uh, he had uh, 76 games, 66 points in 76 games. So that's pretty good. This last season here, um, he had 57 points in 76 games. So a little bit of regression there for him. At least uh, statistically, um, advanced statistically, you know, his IPP went down from 75 the year before to 69 this year. Nice. Uh, not nice, actually. Uh, shots on goal per 60 went down from 10.69 to 9.48. So he's shooting a little bit less. Shooting percentage went down. You know, scoring chances went up a little bit, weirdly. But um, I think the really key thing with uh, Jonathan March, so is still that on-ice shooting percentage. It did go up, uh, you know, uh, almost a percent and a half, but... He still needs more more kind of production from his line mates, I think, for him to really pop. But that said, I really do believe a breakout is coming, and not a huge breakout. Like, Jonathan Marchessault is not going to be a guy that's like a 90-point guy. Nothing like that. But so far, Jonathan Marchessault, his his highest point total ever was 75 points his first year in Vegas. Um, you know, and that was a great season for him by all accounts, right? He, he, uh, Jonathan Marchessault, he, he's very good. I just keep saying Jonathan Marchessault. What the? You know, when I have to talk to myself and I listen back to these things, I'm like, why the hell am I saying Jonathan Marchessault so much? So forgive me for that, all right? Um, but yeah, he he had a great season, obviously that first season with Vegas, 75 points, as I said, and he hasn't really come close to matching it, right? Um, I think that's the, the player that I'm looking to. I think he can do that again this upcoming season, and that's what I'm talking about, a breakout, right? It's not a massive breakout, but I think he can get back to that 75-point pace that he had. So let's look at some of the things that I think is going to happen here. So first off, um, March so is in a contract year. So this one coming up is a contract year. I, I do have a little bit of belief in that. I mean, it's not, it, it's something, right? Um, you know, he's he wants to get paid. He wants a new contract. So it's just a little bit of extra incentive. I don't put a ton into it, but it's just one more thing that's kind of stacking on you know, just the potential that he could break out, right? So contract year, if he starts the season on power play one and line one with Eichel, I think, you know, stars are kind of aligning for him to break out in a bigger way, right? And like I said, I don't think it's going to be anything too crazy, but a 75-point season, I think, is well within range as long as, you know, his ice time increases and power play one holds. So uh, his ice time went down a little bit last season. So, um, you know, in 21-22, he had averaging 17 minutes, 35 seconds. Last season, it was 17 minutes and eight seconds, right? And it's been pretty steady since he's been in Vegas. So I would love to see this guy up around 19 minutes. I think that would be huge. If if Marcheseau can get up around 19 minutes, I think 75 points is is very reasonable, very realistic in my opinion, uh, especially because um, something that Marcheseau does really well is he shoots, right? His shots and goal per 60, you know, l- listen, since, you know, th- the, his first season with Vegas, 10.34, 10.33, 10.75, 9.19, 10.69, 9.48 this last season here. So that's great. Again, that we're looking at that, you know, 10 shots on goal per 60 and up, that really indicates an elite shot producer and chance generator, right? That's what we're looking at with Jonathan Marchessault. And that's what he brings to the table, right? He's just not exactly getting, and he never has it really in Vegas, gotten that um, deployment and that opportunity. So I think this season with Vegas coming up, if he stays with Eichel, 
gets on power play one, I mean, his power play numbers could really rock. That, that's kind of where he can sort of take off, right? Um, in 21-22, he had 20 power play points. That was his career high. Last season, he had 16 power play points, right? So he regressed a little bit there negatively. So I think that can go up. Honestly, I think we can add, you know, eight to 10 points on top of that if they really get cooking, right? And then, you know, we're looking at uh, almost a 70-point season right off the bat if nothing changes. So I like March so I'm watching him. Um, and honestly, like they, they're they're up three nothing in their series here against Dallas. It's crazy to me. So, uh, and he's a big part of that. He's been having a great series against Dallas, and that doesn't go unnoticed. You know, these guys buy some kind of goodwill from their coaches going into the next season. You know, whether they get eliminated or not. And I think Marchessault could get the first crack at that line one power play one next season. Book it, Johnny Marchessault. I'm gonna keep saying it. I'll shout it from the rooftops. Thank you for your service. All right, let's move on to the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, there's not a lot of it's super interesting guys here. I mean, I, I could talk about Evan Bouchard, but I think that's, I've, I've talked about that enough. Obviously, Evan Bouchard is going to, uh, I'm excited about him next season. I think he's in, you know, uh, the, not the top tier of defensemen, but he's, he's up there. He, you know, the second tier, third tier, at least, uh, of defensemen that are going to go off the board. And I think he has true, like, 80-point potential. But that's not what we're talking about. We're going to talk about Evander, that dandy boy, Kane. All right? Hens love roosters. Geese love ganders. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's the guy I'm really interested in next year with the Oilers. And, I mean, there's a lot of reasons there. So, first off, contract-wise, he's locked in for three more seasons. So, he's not going anywhere. Um, he's, he's He has a good spot in the lineup, Evander Kane. You know, uh, he's, he's playing great even-strength minutes. Um, power play is is really where he's not getting any opportunity whatsoever, Evander Kane. <laughs> like last season, with that amazing power play that Edmonton had, and granted, Evander Kane only had 41 games, he only got two power play points. Not all pee-pee times are poo-poo times. But all poo-poo times are pee-pee times. Shikwe, what are you doing? Is he standing in front of the wrong net? Like, buddy, you get just get over there and tap something in. You know, that said, like, he's on power play two there in Edmonton. And that, that show ain't no good because power play one likes to just stay on pretty much the whole time and give the scraps, you know, to, to the rest of the guys. So um, Evander Kane, it was toiling away on power play two for most of, if not all of the season there. So that that's part of that there. But one thing about Evander Kane that is always, always good is his advanced statistics are ludicrous, right? So um, Evander Kane last season, you know, at all strengths, shots on 60, he was 18th uh, in the entire league, shots on goal per 60, 21st in individual course, four per 60, amazing. And then the uh, individual scoring four chances, 12th, individual scoring chances, four per 60, 12th, pretty darn good. You know, so um, he, he's elite in that way, right? Um, his conversion is not so elite. So that's, you know, something that he could definitely improve on. But um, just listen to like shots and goal per 60. I, I know I'm harping on it here, but it's been harped on to me. And I'm definitely a believer here. Like, you know, he, he's consistently getting well over 10 shots on goal per 60. So he's putting a ton of shots on net. That's what you want to see. Eventually, these are going to go in, right? So last season, um, 41 games played. He had 28 points for a 56-point pace. That's not good. So that's the other reason I, I like Evander Kane in this upcoming season because 
you know, he had that, uh, he had some off ice issues and he had that significant injury there, um, getting cut with the skate. So people aren't looking at Evander Kane. They aren't realizing like, you know, under the hood, this guy is ready to pop, right? Um, you know, Evander Kane's best season, this is crazy. I'm just looking at his stats right now. His best season is 57 points. And that was his first season in Winnipeg. Sheesh. I think he could blast that if he could just play an entire season. Also, he hasn't played uh, a full season really since uh, 2017, 2018, where he played 78 games, right? So I think Evander Kane is due for a full season. That would be excellent. I think Evander Kane can get 65 points with like 35 goals. That's what I'm thinking with Evander Kane. And that's without one bit of power play time. So that, that I mean, I'll be projecting him closer to the, to the season start. But um, if he finds his way onto power play one at any point during the season, like let's say Hyman goes down, right? Or they, or they, they go to change it up. Like um, if he finds any time there, I think that could really bolster his numbers. We could add another 10 points, 15 points onto that 20. If he really gets crazy and sticks on power play one, right? So um, I think he's good to go without power play. And that's a neat feature of Evander Kane. He's, he's good. He's, I think he's locked in for 65 points as long as he stays healthy with like 35 goals, amazing, you know, uh, peripherals, all that. He hits, he shoots like crazy. So I think I like that. To, to me, it, it's like you're getting him without the power play. And then if he gets any power play, that's like icing on the cake where you can just add more points onto his total. Right. And banger leagues. Oh my goodness. Like this guy should be a priority, right? Like he, he still has value in points leagues, but I think that, yeah, bangers cats leagues. This guy's, this guy's an animal. He's like Brady Kachuk light, right? He's not going to get as many points, but he does a lot of damage. And then if you got pims in your league, Oh my goodness, just draft this man first overall and, and take it to the bank. All right. This guy's a dingus. But uh, yeah, I love me some Evander Kane, and I think I would just like to see them kind of deploy him a little differently in Edmonton. Obviously, they don't need to make any changes. Their power play was ludicrous this last season, but again, if he finds his way on power play one, watch out, everybody. Take a gander at Evander, all right? He's got some, he's got some bits and pieces going on, all right? So that's where I'm at with the Oilers. Let's move on to the Los Angeles Kings. The player I'm looking at there, I'm interested in next season, Victor Arvidsson. See you at the party, Victor. Avi. Yeah. He's in a contract year as well. So, um, you know, the, I, I do really think that that could be a factor here, right? Like, um, one thing about Arvidsson as well, he did some really good work last season here. He had a, a great season on the power play. Um, he only had a 44% power play one share, right? So he spent most of that time on power play two. Um, the interesting thing in LA is their power play one and two are kind of like one A, one B. So, you know, the the second power play does get some reasonable time. And they had Sean Dersey on the back end, who I think is like a very good offensive defenseman. So, you know, both power plays were pretty good there in LA. But again, something you'll notice uh, for a lot of these guys here, Arvidsson, elite advanced stats. I love that, right? Like we're looking at, you know, shots on goal per 60 was 9.59 last season. That's excellent. But I think that that's low for him. Like the two seasons before he had 10.52 and 12.34. That's at even strength. So I think that's going to regress up. He's going to shoot a little bit more. His shooting percentage was down as well. I think Arvidsson can, can really pop off a little bit. He had 59 points in 77 games last season. That's excellent. And that included 25 power play points, right? Which is a uh, career high by a mile, right? You know, three times his, his old amount, basically. <laughs> so, um, 
He's obviously found a place on that power play there. And maybe they won't move him, right? But I do think, you know, 25 points on the power play, that's something that that can happen again, right? So I think at even strength, that's where some damage can be done for Victor Arvidsson. Like I said, if he ups that shots and goal per 60, kind of back to where it usually is. And if he ups his shooting percentage a little bit to sort of some of his numbers that when he was in Nashville, right? Then I think we're, we're looking at a few more points there at even strength. I just want to see what he does. I like Victor Arvidsson. Again, it's a contract year, so um, he's comfortable. He's got a place on this team. And also, they prioritized him in the playoffs, right? His ice time went way up, um, and, and, and he was getting power play one, no question. I, I just think that, like I said, he's established himself on this team. Nothing has really changed, and I think he's due for a bit more deployment. Um, plus, um, his, his on-ice shooting percentage at even strength was a bit low to me. So I think that's due for some positive regression. So more points at even strength could be on the, well, on the way as well, like I said. So I think Arvidsson is, is you know, I'm going to project him probably around 70 points for this upcoming season. But that's great. Like, you know, you'll be able to get this guy in the 10th round probably, like later so Victor Arvidsson, I really like as a player. Um, obviously, you know, things things are going to change. We're going to do a ton of um, training camp episodes and kind of see what's bubbling there and where everyone's getting deployed. And, you know, we'll be shuffling around for the first few weeks of the season. But I like Arvidsson, and I like his role on this team, and I like the way he was prioritizing the playoffs. Book it! Victor Arvidsson, thank you for your service. All right, let's move on. The next team we're going to talk about, Seattle Kraken. Um, yeah, this is a really tough team to analyze, honestly. Um, you know, there, there's some interesting players on that team. I do like Daniel Sprong, uh, you know, but I want to see, like, is he going to get more than just power play one and, and third line? Like, they need to, I want to see if he gets some top six minutes. Daniel Sprong, then I'm really interested there just because his advanced stats are excellent. Um, you know, but again, it's just a team of, like, waiver wire pickups it's crazy no one really stood out to me so I had to pick somebody and I I think I like Oliver Bjorkstrand Um, I like the way he played in the playoffs Um, I think I'm going to project him for roughly you know 60 points probably but um, you know his this was his first season in Seattle and I, I expected him to take a step forward in his production and he took a step back and I think it's just due to deployment like his last season in Columbus 80 games played 57 points that's nice um, you know, and he had just under 18 minutes time on ice. Well, uh, last season with Seattle, 45 points in 81 games. So way down there. Um, and his ice time was 15 minutes and 37 seconds. So he wasn't getting the ice time. I thought when they brought him in, they were going to give him first line minutes, first line power play. And that really didn't materialize. So that's kind of why I'm interested in Bjorkstrand and I'm watching him like, Put this guy on power play one. I, I, obviously, what Seattle's doing worked. They they had a significant improvement in this season. They made it, you know, a couple rounds into the playoffs. So, I, you know, I'm talking from a fantasy perspective only, right? They, the coaches and the staff there obviously know what they're doing. But come on, man. Put off over Bjorkstrand on the power play. Put him on power play one. You know, uh, like, it, he needs that time. I, I think... I'm, I'm predicting and projecting that he'll, you know, with his numbers and kind of the stuff that went on, like his shooting percentage was a little bit down. His shots on goal per 60 was down. So I think those will regress up a little bit. I think he's probably good for 60 points. And that's before like any added ice time, really. Like I think if they add, you know, a minute and a half there ice time. Yeah. Then now, now we're cooking, right. And some, and some power play time, get him some power play points. 
I just think there's some things I, I feel like we can see some positive regression on with Bjorkstrand. So like I said, time on ice, power play time on ice, even strength on ice shooting percentage, I think, can go up a little bit. Shots and goal per 60. He's been higher in all of these categories throughout most of his career. Um, his play in the playoffs is why I'm watching him next season. I think, you know, he, he looked dangerous out there. If he gets his time on ice back up, power play one, obviously things are going to be trending upwards, but we need to see what happens close to puck drop on the new season, but I'm definitely interested. Bjorkstrand, come on, buddy. Don't let me down. I, I think this guy, he, he, this guy could be a, you know, perennial 30 goal scorer. No question. 30 goals, 60 points. And then if he gets any kind of power play deployment, you know, we can add another 15 points on top of that. But come on, what are they doing in Seattle? For the love of Pete, just give this guy some minutes. I, I, you know, they don't have a ton of offensive-minded players, right? Jared McCann got 40 goals in, in, in pretty much the same deployment as Bjorkstrand. It's just weird stuff over there. Let's move on to the Calgary Flames. I am really looking forward to seeing what happens with the Flames this season. Obviously, uh, you know, Daryl Sutter was given the boot, and I, for one, couldn't be happier you know, I'm consi- uh, continuing my crusade against these dinosaur head coaches that are just complete dinguses. Like, th- there is no place in sports for this type of crap anymore. Just this, just these old grumpy, droopy losers like Daryl Sutter. Rick Bonus is another one. Like, get these guys the hell out of my sight. Um, I, there's, there's, there, oh, I'm just rambling now. But, um, you know, when players rescind their trade requests because a coach got fired like you know that something stinks right and so I just think Daryl Sutter his his shtick was played out there in Calgary so I'm excited for pe- people like Huberdo, um, Elias Lindholm you know obviously Toffoli had a great year but Uyghur like let's let's see what these guys do um, but Elias Lindholm is the guy I'm, I'm looking at here and I'll tell you why I'm interested in him obviously like I said Daryl Sutter's gone I think that uh, Lindholm has a potential of playing with Huberto next season. I think Huberto is going to be featured big time, right? They got this guy locked up long term, big contract. Like they they need to play him, right? And there's been rumors that uh, Gerard Gallant uh, could be the new bench boss there in Calgary. So he's, he he could be a bit of a dinosaur too. I don't know, but he has history with uh, Huberto, so I love that. And I think if Lindholm is playing with Huberto, he's going to go right along with him. He could be on line one, power play one. And I think that could be a nice bounce back um, for for Lindholm especially. You know, he, he's also going into a contract here, right? So a couple things that happened with Elias Lindholm. Let's take a look at it, at, uh, at what, what happened with him. So um, 20, in 2021-22, he had a great season, 82 points in 82 games, including 42 goals. Love that. You know, he was he was a fixture on the top power play. He had just under 20 minutes time on ice. They were really rolling with him. Um, and then, uh, yeah, he came crashing back down uh, in this last season here with Calgary. Only 64 points in 80 games. So this guy's going to be value on draft day for sure. And I think this is a prime bounce back candidate, and I'll tell you why. But obviously, his, his shooting percentage went down. His shots went down. Let's take a look what happened here. Uh, basically, Daryl Sutter just Daryl Suttered him to death. But yeah, shots on goal per 60 went way down from 8.98 at even strength last season to 6.3 this season. That's no good. Shooting percentage down from 17% down to 9.73. That's going to go back up. All right. That's definitely going to go back up. Scoring chances down from 10.75 to 7.25. That show ain't no good. Um, So yeah, just a lot of things that that make no sense. The on-ice shooting percentage. Down from last season, 14.83 down to 9.72. 
Uh, he hasn't been under double digits since um, 2017 when he was with Carolina. So since he's been with Calgary, he's been in double digits uh, on ice shooting percentage every year. Last season, 9.72. That's going to go back up. I'm telling you, um, especially with you know fresh fresh coach in there. Um, I, I really think Lindholm is primed for a bounce back, and it's just a player I'm interested in, especially once the ADPs come out, because I think. People are going to be sleeping on this man. They might be sleeping on Calgary altogether. And I think he could be a nice bounce back. Uh, Calgary has honestly tasted what sour tastes like. So I think the sweet's going to be even nicer. If you get a guy in there um, that's that's letting these guys play, you know, pumping them up instead of, you know, letting the air out of their tires. And I, I think Calgary could could be in for a good season next year. Um, Jacob Markstrom, too. <laughs> Come on, buddy. Uh, there's no way he can be as bad as he was this last season. But uh, Lindholm, thank you for your service. Let's see what you can do next season. That's the player I like there on the Flames. Next up is your Vancouver Canucks. And I have to talk about my boy, Big Cousy. I must break you. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm a proud pop-up Cousy. Way to go, buddy. Yeah, great season. Um, you know, I just want to talk a little love on, on Andre Kuzmenko here. I mean, look, look at this season he had. So 81 games, 73 points, 38 goals. Love that. In 16 minutes and 15 seconds uh, to average time on ice. What? How did this happen? Well, I'll tell you how it happened. His shooting percentage was 26.8. Oh, my God. I mean, I, oh, I hate to see this because, yeah, Kuzi, I'm sorry, buddy. You're not going to get 26.8 next season. It's not going to happen. Right? You got 13 power play goals, 18 power play points. Love that. Um, you know, this everything went right for Kuzi, but I honestly think that it was a really weird year for Andre Kuzmenko. He he was kind of bumped all around the lineup. Some games he would, you know, they'd bench him at times during the game. And, um, you know, and he still, just every time he had a chance out there, he would produce, right? So um, looking at um, Kuzmenko's, Advanced numbers, they're not they're not great, right? His shots and goal per 60 at even strength, 5.88. That show ain't no good. We we know that's no good. But his scoring chances four per 60, 8.46. So more scoring chances four per 60 than shots on goal per 60. Yeah, that means like he's he's basically he's a bit more selective with his with his uh shooting, right? So I mean then and now you can see like 38 goals for like yeah, he's a he's a great goal scorer, right? So I do really believe, though, that he's going to shoot a lot more. Like last season, 1.8 shots per game. No. I cannot see Kuzmenko doing that. I think, you know, you can bump that up to probably 2.5 shots per game minimum, right, of what he's going to do next season. Um, he's just been signed to a contract. They're obviously featuring him. He's Pedersen's guy. Pedersen is the cornerstone of this uh, organization. So they're, they're going to give Kuzmenko the minutes. I think... A big thing that I, the reason I'm watching Kuzmenko, like this, this can't be repeated. This type of season, anyway. But I do think his ice time has the potential to go up by like I think he could get 18 minutes average time on ice. And if Kuzmenko gets 18 minutes time on ice, I think a 70 point season is totally achievable again, right? And with with more, I mean, this guy's an offensive guy. He he, could, you know, this is his first season in North America, so. To come in and get 73 points in 81 games, I love that. Um, he could get a lot more points on the power play too. Like he was flip-flopping there with Brock Besser. You know, turn 18 power play points into 27 power play points. How about that? Then we throw another 10 points on there. Like, you know, this is wishful thinking, everybody. <laughs> but um, I do love Andre Kuzmenko. I love the player. I think, 
you know, I, I think he has another gear to give, but I do think the ice time is going to sort of help bolster and keep him buffer him in that 70 point range. So I do like, I do like Kuzmenko for 70 points next season, 20, you know, 26.8 shooting percentage next season. That's not happening. I'm sorry, buddy. Sorry, big Kuzi. You know, his on ice shooting percentage was way high too. So it, it, it's, it's, it was just a great season. I'm very interested in what Kuzmenko does next season. Give him power play one, lock it in, lock him in with uh, Pedersen there, and and get this man 18 minutes time on ice, and I think we're looking at 70 points. I love it. Let's move on. Last couple here. I just want to do this, uh, uh, you know, quickly, a little quick episode, pop it out here. San Jose Sharks. This was, this was a little more difficult. Like, who, who am I interested in the San Jose Sharks? I mean, obviously Eric Carlson. I want to see what he's able to do, but that that's not the guy I selected Eric Carlson, it, it, you know, 100 points. What an amazing feat that was on this team as well. Um, very impressive. And he's, he's still, he's, obviously, he still has it, right? So we'll see what happens with Carlson. That, that is very interesting. But uh, the player I chose was Noah Gregor. Now, Noah Gregor, who is he, you might ask? Well, I don't really know, <laughs> but I'll tell you, he played uh, most of the season with uh, Yevgeny Shvechnikov and Nico Sturm uh, on the third line there. Uh, he very rarely was used on the power play. So um, Noah Gregor uh, in 57 games with San Jose had 17 points. Not too good. All right. It was a, not a great season. A bit of a, uh, he's a banger though. In uh, He had 97 hits in 57 games. So I love that. Um, average time on ice, 12 minutes, 58 seconds. That show ain't no good. So why the hell are we talking about Noah Gregor? Well, I'll tell you. First off, he's a restricted free agent uh, coming into this season, but I think he made a nice case for himself to remain with the team and their young core. He did have 10 points in his last 11 games for San Jose, including a hat trick. What the hell? This man is a beauty. I, I think, you know, Noah Gregor, this is a hot take, right? But he definitely needs a lot of opportunity to pop. But who else do they have going on in San Jose? Like, I think, um, you know, Noah Gregor, he basically got zero power play time last season. Put him on the power play. Start him on power play too. Get him two minutes power play time on ice uh, per game. That might be nice. But even besides the power play, I like looking into the advanced statistics, right? And you've heard me talk about this a little bit. Shots and goal per 60, individual uh, core C4, individual scoring chances for per 60. The rate stats, what do they say? And this guy here, um, he shoots a lot. Like, obviously, he's not getting a lot of ice time, but in the ice time he gets, his shots and goal per 60 over the last three seasons with San Jose, 10.46, 9.97, and last season, 9.92. That's excellent. That's 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 where we want to see it, right? So now, if you can throw on some more ice time there, and you know, uh, better line mates with him uh, on ice shooting percentage, let's get that up. Like we we could be looking at a uh, you know with Noah Gregor. It's not like I'm saying draft this guy, but I do think Noah Gregor could be a very useful streamer uh, in this upcoming season. You know, when San Jose has a good schedule, I think it's someone you put on your watch list and see kind of how it goes. Cause they don't have a ton of depth there in San Jose. So where, where's this guy going to play? They're going to be starting a youth movement there in San Jose, honestly. So I think Noah Gregor could be part of that. You know, uh, he's, like I said, he's restricted free agent. So they're going to have to pick him up, uh, you know, and see, see what they want to do with them. but he's only 24. He bangs. I love that. And yeah, let's see if we can get this man some power play time. And like I said, you could be looking at a useful streamer. 
I don't know. I'll, I might project Noah Gregor a little closer to the season to see what happens. Okay. But that's the guy I'm looking at in San Jose. It's not exciting, but come on. You know, what, what are we doing here? Um, and then lastly, I want to talk about the Anaheim Ducks, and I want to talk about Troy Terry. Everyone knows how I feel about Troy Terry. Um, I like the man. I like the man a lot. <laughs> He's one of those guys, like, you know, I like until I look into the advanced statistics, and then I, I start projecting, and I'm like, oh, no, I don't know that some, some of this stuff is sustainable. But for me, I, I felt like Troy Terry was battling injuries all season, even when he was playing. Um, he had a very decent season. I mean, in 70 games with Anaheim, he had 61 points. So that's decent. Um, you know, one thing I loved is his ice time went up over a minute. So he averaged 19 minutes and 22 seconds average time on ice. So that's excellent. And towards the end of the season, like the last, you know, I would say 20 games, he was up well over 20 minutes each night. Like they were really prioritizing him. He was getting a lot of power play time. It's just someone I'm very interested in. And to me, in Anaheim, I think Zegras is going to take a step next year offensively. I think McTavish is going to take a little bit of a step offensively. And I think Terry's going to be right along with those guys, especially Zegras, who he played with. Um, I would imagine Terry's back with the Ducks next season. He is restricted free agent, as we said. But I think Troy Terry could be a feature piece for the Ducks next season. I honestly do. You know, I, I think that he'll likely have a very similar year to this last one, except better power play production. Like if you look at his power play production last season, 12 power play points, you know, and he this is the first year he was really prioritized on power play one. So I think, obviously, that has room to grow. Throw another eight, you know, five to eight points on top of that power play points. Like, the Ducks are still going to be a bad team. But I, I think their power play could do a little better, especially, you know, depending on who they draft there and get in, you know, do, do they play right away? Maybe, right? Are they are they helpful in the power play? So I do like Troy Terry. I think more power play, to come, power play points are coming. I think he's going to be good for 65 to 70 points. And I don't think everyone's going to be looking to, to snap up Troy Terry anytime soon. So, yeah, um, have a look there. Um, I just cannot wait until the ADP comes out. Like, um, I'm impatient. I'll, I'll say that to you all. Like, it's um, I'm excited because once that ADP comes out, then it's like, where can we get over on people, right? Like, where where are the big advantages, and how are we going to just dominate? And and that's why I'm just starting to think about players like this. And I'm going to go through. Um, a player on every team in the league, right? So that's it for the Pacific Division. Um, I hope that was sort of enjoyable for you. You know, it's just it just keeps these players fresh in our mind, right? And puts th- like things like contract years. I forget about stuff like that sometimes. You know, uh, I I go to CapFriendly.com a lot now just to kind of see what's going on. It's a great site um, just to see who's under contract, what you know, who's up, how much are they getting paid, what's the cap for the team, all this. Stuff I'm not great at, to be honest, as you can, um, as you can sort of hear how I'm describing it. But um, yeah, stuff that is just extra stuff that that we can start putting on top when we're trying to make decisions, right? And I do think, like I mentioned, contract years um, can can be a key factor, especially for a player that's already locked into a good situation, um, maybe coming off a reasonable season, like and, and all these guys kind of are, like you know, or some of them that I've mentioned, so. Yeah, just keep these players in your mind uh, moving forward. I'm going to be revisiting these episodes when it comes to draft season and just see how I landed with some of this because I think these guys will be good value come draft day, okay? 
But that's it for the Pacific Division. I will do um, the Atlantic Division next, and I'm looking forward to do that. Uh, yeah, I'll do that in the next couple days here. I'll just pop that out. But thank you so much for listening, everyone. I really appreciate your time. If you like what you hear, head on over and give me a review. All right, I would love that. I'd love to hear from you. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter anytime. You know, uh, rate the podcast. That'd be excellent. And also, I want to shout out my brother. Oh, man. This guy made the music for Fantasy NHL today. And that stuff gets me jacked up. I don't know about you guys, but I love the music here. And my brother did that. Um, you know, I've got his information in the show description. He writes music for video games. Uh, he's a professional musician uh, and, and composer. So um, show him some love. He's got a website over there. Just get your biscuits over there and check out what he's done. But uh, yeah, he, he hooked me up with some really good, uh, good tracks here. So I appreciate that. I'm hoping to get some more from him for the next season. You know, spruce everything up. You know, it's uh, season two here, Fantasy NHL Today. So we got to get the biz. You know, we got to get the biz. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. I will talk to you in the next uh, couple days. Celebrate your day. Bye for now. A rational explanation is hardly necessary. necessary, 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 necessary.